Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977, or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Matthew chapter 13. I want to read two verses or three, three verses of scripture out of here. And I want to share with you something that's in my heart uh, this morning. If you will, let's just uh, um, grab your neighbor right there by the hand. I want us to pray for someone. Can we let's, let's uh, pray for Miss Donna Harrell this morning. She's not feeling well. And uh, I, I want us to pray for her. How many believe the same anointing in this room? Y'all with me? So we prayed for some things last Sunday and some things happened within a few days, did it not? So um, so let's pray right here. Send a healing word to Miss Donna Harrell. Father, we just thank you for Donna and Dennis. And Father, we just lift them up right now. And so, Father, we just speak a healing word over her this morning. And we say, be healed in your body right now. Be, be restored. Health be restored to your body. Be made whole right now. Fatigue, leave your body. And, Father, we just thank you for touching her right now. Father, we thank you with the, the power of two or three that touch and agree. With two could come into agreement. You said in your word that things shall be established. So, Father, we thank you for the establishment of the healing right now in her body. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Matthew chapter 13, you there? And I want to read a couple of articles. Um, I do believe the Lord has been doing this uh, for some time, but I don't know, last night, as um, I've been feeling this way all week, and I've been teaching on the river a lot. And and I think this really, really came alive into me the Wednesday night service that um, we didn't have church because Grant and them were playing in the um, Elite Eight. And, uh, and so we all went to the baseball game that night. And my heart's really full on this, so I'm going to talk something. I'm going to try not to cry it out, you know what I'm saying? And... Yes, I enjoyed the baseball game, but there was something that the Lord really was just happening on the inside of me as I watched that ball game. As it was like the community was behind that team, and we were all pulling for the Hornets to go to the Final Four, and we were just behind something. And um, and then yesterday we we went and played baseball again. That's what we do at our house. Three boys, we play baseball, and so I was cutting up. I think it. Uh, we played our last game. We walked on the field. I think it was 10 minutes after 11 to start the last game last night. So me and Ben pulled up about 1 o'clock this morning. And uh, But praise God, we got another medal that he's a champion. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, so, but both of my boys were playing yesterday. And both of my boys had Adel Cook across her their chest you say man that's just a ball game but I feel like the Lord is trying to do something deeper with us in community even this week we had 
uh, I was meeting with, with um, I won't call her name, but I was meeting with a lady that is doing a ton of good in this community with a lot of vision to see some things happen inside of our community and a lot of vision to see some things changes uh, uh, with, with our school and uh, just with kids. And um, I'm telling you, there's, there's an anointing on this church and it's always been there. When they went to build, Steve, remember this, but when they went to build that sanctuary and God gave Pastor Dale a dream and he said, you go with the kids first. You remember that? And they, there's just something about this church that God has established to raise up young people. Do you understand what you saw on this stage this morning? You had a young 13-year-old girl out front leading that worship. And right at the time Catherine walked in this building, she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said, look at that baby out front running with that. Folks, I'm telling you, that is amazing. You don't see that everywhere you go. You say, well, that's just a kid. Well, let me tell you something. That was just a kid one year ago that was holding a microphone, barely humming in the mic. Are you with me now? But there's some transformation happening over there in that building and inside these services now she believes in herself and the anointing of God on her life that she's grabbing that microphone like a lion and leading it come on and if we understood the power of that verse in Psalms 8, the Bible says in Psalms 8 too, this says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained praise that thou mightest steal the enemy. Let me tell you something. When a child grabs that mic and begins to release praises unto God, I'm telling you, it breaks the back of the enemy and it broke the back of the enemy over this whole place this morning. Can you all agree with that? And so I'm, I'm very excited about that, that um, because I can see in a small form generational deal happening, legacy deal happening inside this room that is not built on me. There's not a one-man show in here. How could anyone come to that conclusion that this is a one-man show when I'm the least likely one? I know I'm privileged to preach, but I always push Matt. I always push Stanton and those that I see the gift of God on to push them to go forward. And we do that with everything we do from him leaning back and saying, come on, Bethany, come on, come on, Hannah, come on, Tara. Everyone getting it back because we don't want it built on one person. Come on, somebody. We want it built on the family. So, Matthew chapter 13. I want to read in verse 31. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to read these verses of scriptures out of the Passion Translation of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31. It says, Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to the tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. Although the smallest of all seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of gardens and plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nest in its branches. Terry says this a lot. You know when the blessing of God is upon your life by how many people are taking uh, refuge in your shade. That's what we want. We want mature people in this room that can give shade to other leaders and other young people to raise up to take your place. Come on, you going to help me? The kingdom, then Jesus taught another parable that heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to a tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. Although the smallest of all seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their, their nest in its branches. Verse 33, then he taught them another parable that heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to yeast that a woman takes and blends into three measures of flour and then waits until all of its dough rises. 
This is Brian Simmons' footnotes of Matthew 13, 33. He says, these two parables about the tiny mustard seed and the yeast both teach of God's kingdom having a small beginning but growing until it influences, till its influence permeates and prevails into all the earth. The three measures uh, was nearly uh, two, two kilos enough to feed 300 people. What once looked impressive rises to infect and feed many. The number of three always points to resurrection life. So this is the story of your and our lives. Come on, somebody, that the kingdom influence on the inside of us. God's got to go inside. There's got to be work done on the end before it's ever external. Are you with me? So God gets a group of people. God gets a man. He gets a group. He gets a family. And he plants them inside of a community. Come on, somebody. And so what you got to realize, you and I are not building a church here this morning. You and I are building an entire region and a community. We can never get called up that we are just building a church. I get so discouraged sometimes when I look at church, but I have to constantly look in the mirror and remind myself that God never called me here to build a church. God called me here to build a region, to uplift a region, to see change come to a region, to see the kingdom planted in a region, to see a small seed grow into something that its branches could go forth and start providing shade and start providing influence. We don't want to rule the school. We don't want to rule the school board, but we do want to have influence. We want the kingdom of God that is influencing what God is doing inside of this room, the river that is flowing inside of this room. We want it to flow out of the front doors into the streets and begin to touch parts of this community because Ezekiel said wherever that river goes, it brings life. That is a picture of your and our lives being influenced influenced by the kingdom of God when we go outside the walls of this church we realize we didn't come to church come on somebody but we are the church and the kingdom my God the kingdom is within us and the kingdom is to bring influence to everything that our hands touch outside the walls of this church the community so we had a meeting in my office and one of the things they did that couple of things that was said and one thing that Pastor Dale always taught us well is this that you never have to invent the wheel somebody's got the wheel rolling somebody's got the wheel already rolling all you got to do is find the wheel that God's calling you to join up with and help make that wheel roll better if there's a church with a, with a food pantry, he always taught us, don't start a food pantry. Get behind that food pantry. Sow into it and make it greater. Come on. It's not about Cornerstone. It's about Adel Cook in this region shining bright with the glory of God. We're just one small seed in this community. Thank God we got other leaders and other churches that are preaching. Come on, somebody, and doing a great work for the kingdom of God. I was meeting with Pastor Ashley, and I told him, I said, we just put John Brown on staff. And he don't know this, but he, he getting it right now. I said, anything you need media-wise, I said, he can help you. Whatever he can do, we pay his salary. Come on, somebody. He can help them do whatever they need done. And it, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. And one thing that God's always graced me with, but we were in Alma, Matt can testify of this. We rented a building because the, the Church of God in our city, we had actually that small community had, I think, four. Uh, in my opinion, they just need to all join up and have one great one. Hear me? I'll get some hate mail on that. But anyhow, we, ha- we rented a building. We rented a building and provided the power, the rent, the speakers, and everything else. And they had their youth pastor in there. 
uh, that was teaching, and my kids went to that youth group while they were there. Because it's not about one church. It's about the kingdom. Come on, somebody. The Baptist, the Methodist, the Church of God, the Nazarene, the Charismatic, the Independents, we all wear one jersey. And it's not Adel Cook, it's Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And we're all on the same team, and we're all trying to accomplish the same vision. What? That it's not God's will that none should perish, but all come to the knowledge, saving grace of the finished work on the cross. Now, with this in mind, I want to read a couple of articles, and then I may, I'll get in the life of David in a minute. But let me go back to this. I have to pray and seek God and say, God, where do you want that the things that are in our heart, what you, God's got to bring connections. God's got to bring connections, and i got to try to see where there's life at. And a lot of people text, where can I help or how can we get involved? And we've, we've been praying about that. Uh, Jamie runs the men's group, but every men's group forever, the traditional way to do it is come get something to eat and just hang out a little bit. How many knows that I believe that God is trying to bring a new expression? I've, I've been saying this. I believe God's trying to do a new expression of worship. And sometimes to let that happen, you've got to let the reins go and look, let it look a little wild. Come on, someone. You've got to be willing to tarry in, in God's presence a little bit to happen. God, a lot of times, cannot move in the 15-minute window. We allow Him to move. Or in the two-hour block, we want to give him on Sunday morning. We want the Lord to have the reins of the service. That's the heart of the leadership here. We don't really care about I don't have to preach. Come on, somebody. By now, you know I can, I can preach. We don't have to do that. We can get more found in the river than what we can sometimes with me preaching. But if God is highlighting the preaching, we want to preach. The main thing is we want to get you into the river where you can experience the tangible presence of God because that is what will change your life. And we all agree with that. So, yesterday, yes, yesterday, there was a couple of men, Jamie got a team of men because there was a kickball tournament at the primary school, no, elementary school, elementary school. And so, through Pastor Ashley, God bless that man can cook. Come on, somebody. And he's set up to cook. So there ain't no need me going to buy a grill. I can just pay him to do the cooking. Come on, y'all agree with that? Anything we do, he has been so gracious that he only charges his church for the food. Everything he cooks, he cooks at a bare minimum of price to help us out. I'm just telling you, I'm so thankful to have that relationship down on South 41. And so we um, so we got, we get the um we get, he does 300 hot dogs. We, they out there at the elementary school. And the reason why they're out there, there's 26, how many is it? 26, is that right? There's 26 kids. There's a mentorship program. Miss Vanessa's already got the mentorship program established. We are steadily trying to work towards this, and we're going to meet a couple more times. But we want to try to, when school gets back, we're going to try to do a mentorship. We're going to try to do uh, academic mentoring on Wednesday afternoon outside the walls of this church. I just believe that we have got to get involved in the life of these kids in this community. And it is more important than us sitting in here hearing me teach on Wednesday night. If we could build some teams that could sit down and take a kid that is struggling how to read and say, I can help you read this evening. Hello. There's kids in our community right now outside the walls of this church that they do something called a PB, PB&J run. 
And when they get that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, there's kids, there's kids that came to this church Wednesday, last Wednesday night that didn't even have nothing to eat all day except the bag of chips that they were given when they got in that vehicle. I believe that should not be happening in our community. Come on, somebody. That should not be happening in this community with the resources that God has blessed us with. The church has to start looking beyond the walls of its building. It has to start looking beyond the walls of its denomination and quit being held in bondage to seeing a church and start looking and seeing an entire city, friend. I'm here to tell you if we have great services but it never transforms this city, we have failed at the hands, at the range. We have failed. We have gotten the ship off course. What does it matter if we have great services? If we got plenty of money in the best looking church in the state of Georgia but we have brought no impact to this community, we have failed, church. Come on, somebody. God has given us plenty to touch right outside the walls of this church, right across the street. We have got to get busy with the gospel. Listen to this. I just want to read this article. It was sent to me sometime, some time ago. It's, a, it's an article on Bethel, and it is not written by any church member. It's written by the community. It says the Shasta County city of 91,000 is home to a church. Bethel with 11,000 members and a commitment to community so intense, it's almost supernatural. No institution in our state is better at engaging with its hometown. See, let me just say this. First of all, I want you to look at this verse of Scripture. I wrote it down. Go to Luke chapter 19. I'm almost done right here. Because I was listening to something that really struck home to me this week. I was listening to something. And listen to this. This guy was teaching on something. The children of Israel in the wilderness were fed by manna. Manna literally means what is it? It's angel's food. And it fell. And they had to go gather. And then the next day, it failed. They had to go gather. Except on the, on the, on the sixth day, Enough failed and it stayed, it sustained them and kept through the Sabbath. But God never intended them to live on what fell. God sent them to a land flowing. Listen to me, flowing. A land flowing with milk and honey. A river flows. I'm telling you that God is unearthing something in this room. I'm telling you that's in this church, a river. And all you have to do is get by the banks of that river and allow what is happening here to begin to flow in your life. My God, I'm, I'm talking about three to believe that. 
There is a river flowing in this room. Do you understand that? A realm of a river that can help businesses is flowing right now in this room. There's probably not a business leader sitting in this room right here that would not agree with me that your business has taken on new form over the last 24 months. Come on, somebody. Why? That is the supernatural provision of Almighty God that is coming from this river. I didn't say it is coming from me, but it is coming from what we are digging down in this room right here. And all you have to do is get connected to that and allow what is happening in this room to flow in your life. You say, well, preacher, it's not flowing to me. The reason why it's not flowing is because of your connection, friend. Are you with me now? But if you get connected to what is happening in that place, it'll flow to you. You don't have to go earn it. You don't have to go get it. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to strain for it. All you have to do is stay in the soil and allow what is happening to flow into your life. And the reason why God wants to flow it into us is not so that we can all get at the country club and drive Mercedes. Come on, somebody. He's trying to get to us because he wants to get it through us back into this community to bring a difference. Now, listen to this article. Shasta County, city of 91,000, is home to, to a church, Bethel, with 11,000 members and a commitment to community so intense it's almost supernatural. No institution in our state, in the state of California, is better at engaging with its hometown. See, this is our town. This is our town. God, help me, Jesus. I don't care if your town is Nashville. I'm not limited to Sparks. Are you with me now? There's an entire regional map hanging in my office. And I promise you, if you called here, you inside the square of that region. Are you with me now? Hello. This is our town. This is not just our church. This is our city. I take offense when a business closes in my city. Come on, somebody, because it's my town. I take offense when a business is struggling in my city. Why? Because it's in my town. I take offense when there's a shooting in my city. Why? Because it's my town. Hello. Let me tell you how to stop the gang violence. We learned this from Robbie Dawkins, who was in Chicago, Illinois. Every time someone was shot and killed, Robbie would take a team, an evangelistic team, to that location. And if one person got killed, he won two souls to the Lord. And the crime rate constantly started dropping. Come on, somebody. The devil will quit attacking. Come on, somebody, where God's people will rise up and take a, and take a stand. Come on, somebody, and take a stand. While the experts say civic engagement is supposed to be strategic, planned, and targeted at specific issues, Bethel's engagement with Reading is big and broad, touching almost every aspect of civic life. It is grounded not in the language of activism, but in celebration and love of God and the place where you live and the people in that place. This is where it starts. God given us a baptism of love of the people that we serve in this community. Hello. Hello, we're struggling to love one another in the church, but I'm telling you, God is about to give us a dose of love for this place called Adel and a, and a love for the people in this town. Come on, somebody. This is the people God sent us to touch. 
I thought about my first five years here every night when we were in Kent Thomas. Grant was 10. He would cry every night. And I remember that kid looking at me saying, Dad, if you'll just let me go home. If you'll just let me go home, he said, I'll never ask for another Christmas present. And we stuck it out. But that kid will tell you today, this is home. This is our town, church. This is our place where we live, where God called us to. It's a place where you live. Steve told me when he first come back, he said, I'm up for anything that you want to do, but this is it. This is where I'll live and this is where I'll die. I'm for this place right here. And the reason why we can't get city transformation is the way we do leaders in our churches. We send them here for two years and expect them to make some impact. And then we put them up and we send them somewhere else. But that's not, way, that's not what God did with David. David called the city of Jerusalem the city of David. He took ownership. This is my place. This is my house. And I intend to see God come and show up in this city. He didn't allow the ark to stay at Obed-Edom's house to let it just bless him and his family. He said, no, I know we lost Yusa. I know he got killed, but that ark is not going to sit down there and bless his house. I wanted to bless this entire city. And he built a tent outside that city and he stretched that tent out and he said, man, listen, we may die, but we've got to get that ark so that this city can be blessed. That is the heart of this church. That's the heart of this leadership. We want to see God come not to bless his church, but to bless this city and make a difference and an impact in this city. Listen to this. This lack of structure in Bethel's assistance to its hometown suggests a broader lesson for the community building. Stop overlooking things and just throw yourself, heart and soul, into addressing people's needs. All Vanessa saw was kids struggling in a school system that couldn't read. She says, you know what she says? I'll take 26 kids that can't afford to pay for nothing. They really can't even go to Longhorns and Valdosta. I'm going to take them to Washington, D.C. and let them see the, the capital. Let them see the possibilities of what could be. So she said, and I said, how much do you like? She said, 10000 She said, and I'm going to call them. She said, because the money was supposed to be due in June, and I'm going to see if they can back it up. I said, Miss Vanessa, I'm going to believe with you right now that God's going to give us the 10000 in June to get these kids on a bus and get them to Washington, D.C. Church, do you believe God can do that? He can do that this morning. I was sitting right there in the middle of this church as an 18-year-old boy, and I watched a lady come in this room by the name of Maria Vendeva. And the first time I'd ever met, second time I met Steve, he come to the front, and I'll never forget that service, the mic shaking in his hand and he said church for every dollar you give God will give you back eight dollars if you'll sow into the life of this woman in orphanage she was believing for $25,000 that God would give her in one week in one in one offering that morning Cornerstone took up $28,000 to put an orphanage in Bulgaria 
And he put the, he was so bold that morning. He said, if God don't give it to you, you call my office and my secretary write a check back for every dollar you give plus the eight I said. He never wrote a check because God did what he said he would do. This is why the blessing is on our lives so that we can be a blessing. We can take the ones beside us and lift them up to the place. That is what true honor is. True honor's not putting accolades on somebody. True honor's reaching down to the one that don't deserve to be at the place you're at. You reach down and pull them up and put them right where you're at. That's how you honor somebody. That's what Jesus did with us, friend. He reached down into the filth of our lives and seated us with him in heavenly places. That is honor. My God, I feel the Lord this morning. Listen to this. You just got to find the need. It's not difficult. We got to find the needs and throw our lives into it. And the need in this community is to teach kids how to read. We could change our whole school system if we could just teach kids how to read. How many know how to read in this room? It's not difficult. Get around the table in the youth room. We put Pete's over there on Wednesday because they're probably not going to get supper when they get home. Hello. They might even cuss at the table. You got to learn how to overlook some stuff. I'm about to tear stuff up. The reason why the church can't get no impact is because we want to turn them into people like us. Why don't you just share the love of God and allow the Holy Ghost to clean them up? Come on, somebody. Quit worrying about the lifestyle. Come on, somebody. You got to learn how to honor somebody. You got to learn how to show them honor before they deserve it or they'll never believe in themselves. Well, I, you know, that brother right there, he cusses left and right. He don't do no different than you do when you get mad. Hello. Let me call you tonight about 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry I got the wrong number. Call you about five. I'm sorry I got the wrong number. Third time you're going to let me have it. Are you with me? Church, this is our town. This is our city. Tifton. Nashville, Berrien. And we beat them handedly yesterday, didn't we, Ben? With no hope on the field. But we prayed for them at the end. We went to watch a game over there. Jake Edwards is, I mean, he knows the Berrien Adel rifle. He was watching that game. He said, Daddy, Rebels is struggling, ain't they? But you know to him, he's a hornet. This is our town. I'm talking about seeing your city. See, most preachers are going to tell you, see your church. What can you do for your church? What can you do? Listen, what, what can you do for your community? Listen to this. Listen to this. This lack of structure in Bethel's assistance hometown suggests a broader lesson. Community building. Stop overthinking things. Just throw yourself, heart and soul, into addressing people's needs. Listen to this. When Reading Civic Auditorium was falling, Bethel helped to put together a nonprofit. Advanced Reading is what it's called. To fix its management. When the Reading Police Department was about to lay off four officers, Bethel raised money 
to keep the cops on after the car fire destroyed more than more than a thousand residents last summer Bethel gave a thousand dollars in cash to every family church member or not that lost a home my God church that's something to be celebrated right there Listen, this is not this is not this is not just selected just for Redding, California. And it's not just selected for Batesburg. But people are waking up and realizing, listen, I've got to make a difference where God planted me. I, I'm this is it for me. There's no more fine, there's no more ride for me. There's nothing out over the yonder that I'm looking at. This is it. When God said come to Cook County, he told me three things, and then God put in my heart about staying here. This is it for me, friend. Are you with me now? And I will make it my passion while I'm here to have Cornerstone to make an impact in this community. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. Bethel has also connected Reading to the world. Bethel, which has a global disaster response team and a Christian music collective with international reach, helped persuade United Airlines. What? Listen to this. This church helped persuade United Airlines to start a daily nonstop service between LAX and Reading. And Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, a national leader in attracting foreign students, has helped internationalize the city. Bethel inspired services with two big messages. First, it teaches that through God, individuals can triumph over the challenges, experience miracles. Second, the church constantly celebrates Reading and highlights opportunity to join community projects. Bethel really encourages everybody to take ownership of the area, to live your faith in a way that's felt, says the mayor. A church board member, Bethel says that God is for you, so who can be against you? So why not start that new business? Why not volunteer to make the city an amazing place? And why not, in my case, run for city council? Let me just read you this. I'm going to stop reading this article and read this other one right here. And I'm going to be done. Come on, help me work this phone, Jesus. Low-tech man. How many watches HGTV? There's two couples on there that is bought into the hometown. Chip and Joanna Gaines, the ones that, listen, she could have been mega, mega, mega wealthy. She could be living in New York City designing what she wants. But they bought into the vision of why leave? Why don't we stay where God planted us? Why don't we take what's been placed upon our lives and start raising other people up in the surrounding region? Why don't we just stay here? Waco's not known for something great other than David Koresh. Come on, somebody. It ain't known for nothing great. Got Baylor University, yet in 2018, it was TripAdvisory's number two destination in the United States. With only a lake and Baylor University and the place that David Koresh's cult was at, what has made that town turn around? Chip and Joanna Gaines. And they bought into the hometown vision that we can change the place in which we live. Church, listen to me. The things that we are depending on Washington to do lie at the foot of the church. Do you understand what I'm telling you? The things that we are waiting Washington will never break the back of poverty. It's got to be broken in the realm of the spirit. Poverty has nothing to do with your finances. It has everything to do with your mindset. Hello? Give me somebody in poverty and let me train them in kingdom finance for one year. We can break that cycle off their life. Hello? You can start digging out with waging hour, baby. You can get your way out of it. Hello? 
It's a mindset. It's got to be broken in the, with the realm of the Spirit. The problems with our city is not Washington, D.C.'s problem. It lies at the foot of the church. With the church... Be- how do you know that the, Jesus said that the salt, we are the salt of the earth. Salt preserves something, but it also brings flavor. We are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. That's what Jesus said. So there's this other couple. It's Ben, yeah, Ben and Aaron. Looks like Jesse. They're in Laurel, Mississippi, and the name of their show is called Hometown. Two old Miss graduates. He, she's the designer, he's the woodworker. Looks just like Jesse. He's 6'6", burly man. Skilled with his hands. Now listen to this article. Ben was the son of a Methodist preacher. His family had moved around a lot, so he really didn't have a hometown. But she said, I did. Listen to me. All of us need a place called home. What's crazy, listen to me, in my own personal place of prayer, I carry the birthing of a church for about 18 months. And when I'm 26 years old, on May 6, 2006, we plant that, we have our first service in Alma. I was sent out from this house, if you remember, in 2006. I remember we worked at the church to almost 2 in the morning to get it ready. And the guy told me on the front on the front entrance to the outside that we had carpet laid out, like indoor-outdoor carpet, on the front area right there. And when you walk up, it was a storefront. We had, what, 75 chairs. Had um, Daryl came members said to help to set up the sound. Our elders that we had and Jessup come set up the sound for us. It's about 2 o'clock when we leave, so I'm totally exhausted, running on fumes. Got a 45-minute drive home because I don't even live in the city. I planted a church in my hometown where I was born and raised. And that night, I have a dream. The church sat at the corner of Church Street. And in this dream, I saw this massive flood coming down Church Street, floated the carpet off the front of the, the, front of the building. This thing was flooded. I believe God was showing me a sign of the river that was coming to the church. I can tell you the message that I preached that morning. I preached about the richest place you'll ever walk is not Rodeo Drive. It is not Sachs or Fifth Avenue. The richest place you will ever walk is in a graveyard. Because it is where men with their visions and dreams were never afraid to step out to fulfill those visions and dreams and they laid down to rest with them. And I preach that morning and we go home. For seven and a half years, I drive a 45-minute ride to go preach and pastor and we're doing that. Now I work in that city and everything. And that city was in my heart so strong that there would be days. And Catherine can remember this. I remember there was about three or four times I had to call in on my job because I was so overtaken by the presence of God that all I could do was weep over that city. Are you with me now? 
See, the scripture says in Luke 19, I don't even know if I read that. I just told us to turn there. But it says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he beheld the city. I'll never forget when God showed me this almost seven, eight, ten years ago. He beheld the city. Most leaders never see a city. They see their church. Most church members never see the city. They see their church. And they wonder what kind of impact is their preacher going to make. We have got that all wrong. The preacher is to train and equip the saints for the work of the ministry the way I read it in Ephesians chapter 4. And it is you that takes the kingdom that is within you wherever you've been sown out into society. Whether you're a nurse at school, whether you're an athletic director, whether you're a businessman, whether you're a student, whether you're a truck driver, whether you're a carpenter, whatever you do, you understand that just happens to be what you do. That is not your identity of who you are. You're a kingdom man who happens to be a carpenter. You're a kingdom man who happens to be an athletic director. You're a kingdom man who happens to work at Home Depot or whatever you do. And we realize that that when we leave this place, come on somebody, I heard, this is how far we've got to go. When I, I was leaving a service one night and a guy closed it out and said, Lord, we hate to leave you here. God is not in this building until a believer walks in this building. Come on. Paul said, God doesn't dwell with temples made with man's hands. No, you're not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. When you walk out of here, God is going with you. You don't have to pray no prayers. Lord, give us traveling mercies back to the house. God is never going to leave you nor forsake you. He is with you, friend, even unto the end. So, Ben was the son of a Methodist preacher. His family had moved a lot, so he didn't really have a hometown. God is planning people. Listen to me. God is planning people in regions that will never leave that region. That will never travel. And to a lot of people, that seems crazy. Why would not we go travel and touch the globe? You don't have to travel and touch the globe. You, we can sow and support the ones that do travel and touch the globe. Now, I will go to Pakistan because I have promised Fiaz that I would be there. My heart is for him, and, I wanna, and I, my heart is for that church there. I want to see them flourish. And by God's grace and mercy, we're going to help get a car put in Pakistan where they can do more ministry. Lord, I'm telling you right now, somebody give me some faith back right here. Listen to this. When Heidi Baker's boat got wrecked in the storm, she's got to have a new boat. She's in Mozambique. She ain't got to have no John boat either. She's got to have a boat to get a bunch of people on to travel. She picks up the phone and says, Bill, my boat was destroyed by the storm. He said, go get the boat you need. Bethel will pay for it. He told her that by faith. He stood behind that pulpit. And I remember when he took the offering up because I heard it on C. He said, please don't make us buy the boat alone. Help us right here. But he said, I know Heidi. When I told her we were going to do it, she knew we wasn't playing. We was going to put it there. But we cannot neglect the I'm not neglecting the mission field, but I am trying to emphasize I am trying to emphasize God putting something in our heart about our hometown. I want to have something to eat besides a Mexican restaurant. My God. 
Listen to this. This is two people. Leave Ole Miss, broke with no money, but they got something in their heart. She said, I did Laurel, Mississippi, a sleepy old place that had been had seen better days. I was told a story of this, and I don't know, I, I was told a story of this that there was a there was a businessman that got that landed his plane out here at our airport and come across the interstate. And he said that, and, and then I think he t- told the driver of the car, whatever, he said, turn around. This ain't the town we need to be in right here because it didn't look good on the other side of our interstate. I'm telling you, by God's grace and mercy, give us 20 years and they want a man appear over that interstate and say, this is not the place he needs to be. Hello! I'm t- I don't care if you believe with me or not. I'm telling you what God is showing us in the secret place. I'm not saying I hope it could be. I'm telling you it will be by the power of God's spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but God will do the very thing. Hello? Hmm. Listen to this. A sleepy old place that had seen better days. Founded in the 1880s, it had flourished when lumber mills were harvesting the area's yellow pines. But the industry moved on and people moved out. Others might have hurried past the shuttered storefronts. Listen to her. But I kept seeing the maraud of possibilities. Amid architecture that was worth preserving. What if there could be a bookstore on that corner? Or what about an Italian restaurant on that corner? Or what about a sweet-smelling candles and soap shop on that corner? What if we would be a people that dare believe in our community so much that we looked at our old buildings and rode by and said, wonder if there could be a sweet-smelling bakery in there. I don't know if you've come down uh, 41 on, on early morning, but there's a donut ch- truck that sets in goodies right there with the line almost to the building every morning. Why don't somebody just get, why don't somebody dare to believe to open up a building up in here and start baking something? If they'll come to a donut truck, surely they'll come to a building, hello, and get them a hot cup of coffee and a donut every morning. Why can't it be in our community? Church, do you understand an apostolic house is a building house? I ask God, everything he, put, everything he brings in my lane, got to work on it. I mean, from house to churches to buildings, everything got to be worked on. Because that's the anointing on my life of restoration. I've watched God. Do you, how can you make a statement like you say that that's going to happen in our town? Two years ago, almost two years ago, me and my family stand in this house and we pray, God, would you, I, I, just, I just knew that, I just, we just wanted it for our family. God, would you give us this house? Would you give us this place? And so we pray the prayer and we leave. And just like you, I'm telling you I'm a real man, okay? I'm just going to get, to me, financially in my checkbook, I, there was no way. There was, there, I just did not see how this could happen in my lane. Grant's always asking for stuff, and I tell him, son, sometimes you realize, I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a phone man anymore. I'm a preaching man. But I, that doesn't mean the blessing's not on my life. And I told him this. I said, this is what I told him yesterday. I said, but I know this. Your daddy's planted in the river, and flow, things flow in the river. Come on, somebody. 
Do you understand when things are flowing that it is not one time a year that it hits your life. There's a constant flow in your life. That's what I'm talking about. The, the Psalms one man and, the, and those that are planted by the river, they shall flourish. They shall not endure any drought, nor will their figs wither in any season. Come on, somebody. I don't care if it's winter, it's still flowing to us. I'm telling you right now, Bats will never have to worry about another job in his entire life. He will have to turn it down. Why? Because his feet is in the river. Hello, Larry, your feet is in the rear. It's going to continue, come, continue, come, continue, come, continue, just like that. Why? Because it flows in the river. So we stand there and we pray. God never instructed me one time to call a realtor. Think about this. You living in Adel, but a bank calls me from Dallas, Texas. How they get my number, I don't know. Today, we don't have to pray that God will give it to us. He's already given to us. I said he's already given to us. Then when I didn't know how I was going to do this and I've run out of money two or three times, thank God that Bass loves me enough that he continues to come out here and help me and he continues to build my vision. Why? Why? Because God didn't just give us another house so that we could have two houses. I'm telling you, God... Leaders upon leaders are going to be trained in the rooms in these houses. Come on, somebody. Because God is doing something in this region bigger than what you see. You cannot get lost in the vision by pulling up here on Sunday and wonder why everybody's at this morning. Listen, I don't know where everybody's at, but I know where you're at. And you're standing in front of me today, and I'm telling you what. Thus saith the Lord God Almighty has told me this week in the secret place. there's going to just become a constant deal. One of the things that I said apostolically, the reason why we struggle starting churches, which I don't know that I agree in planting churches as much as I agree that they should probably be planted by accident. That's what happened to Bethel. That's how they planted churches by accident. They bind to a young man named Banning Leapshire and trust him enough when he's 20 years old to take a youth group and he grows this youth group and then God sends somebody from the school down there by the name of Kim Walker. She could sing a little bit. Hello, how do you think? And this youth group grows to the place and then they take that and they plant that and they're not planting just a man and a woman to go down there and knock something out. They're sending a whole tribe, come on somebody, down the road to Sacramento so they already got a big enough church to sustain themselves when they leave there. This is how we plant it. Lord, I don't know if you believe me or not. You might say, my God, that boy's just come out here like the gate like wild. And so me and, me and Steve, we standing at the back of this lodge, and we look. And then when my friend Chris comes, who's, who drove here from Leesburg, who's been with us since the, the middle 90s, and I take him down there, and I show him what God's given us. And I catch him, and he's down there by the water, and I see tears flowing out of his eyes. He said, John. He said, God never forgot what he said. Church, you understand that God is hurled in today. What he was hurling in the early 2000s. He's just still reminding us. I'm with you, church. Venture out. Believe in that city called Sparks. Believe in that little place called Adel. It can change. It can happen. There could be a Cracker Barrel sitting there. Come on, somebody. It is changing. I'm telling you, it is changing. How do you know that? When I drove here, when we first came here, Asher was burning up with a fever in the middle of the night. They wasn't nowhere to go get nothing. We got a Walmart now. 
We had to wait on the pig. I thought that was the craziest thing when I come here. Clay restored his whole car from the Piggly Wiggly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we got a hardware store at the Piggly Wiggly. Go there and get your grocers. Get. I want you to leave today knowing this, this is your town. Not only am I planted here, you planted here. When you ride by your city, don't knock it anymore. Don't look at the dirty places of our city and knock on it. You stick your hand up and say great grace to you. Great grace. Jensen Franklin told his church this whenever they wanted that land and it was so far out of reach for them. He said that, remember when God told Zerubbabel and Zechariah, he said you shout to that mountain grace, grace. He said church, stretch your hands towards that property and shout great grace. Well, let me tell you something. When that sanctuary was finished, it was paid for by the hand of God. Come on by looking at a city and looking at a place shouting great grace. Adele, I say great grace to you. I say we love you. And as we get this, we'll begin to look at the vacant places and don't ask questions why. Why can't, I mean, why is it not? We say, why can't it be? There's entrepreneurs in this room, and there will be more that will show up on this property. We will see test scores go up in this town from where they're at to at a state-level record. Two people believe what I'm talking about this morning. Thank God for CCA, what was planted from out of the hearts of men in that upper room. Over 200 students this year. And I love the speeches that you gave, but I walked out in and told Catherine, don't lose the vision right here. I know things are hard, but we need godly people in the state school system that can never be able to pay that tuition to make a difference in that school. I'm for everything in this community. Come on. Hello. Stand up with us right here. Let's pray. We're going to take up our tithes and our offerings. I want you this morning to sow. Listen, we're going to take up a special offering for Miss Vanessa. We'll let her share some of that vision. There's things that we're going to be doing. Hopefully, we're going to be able to do that PBJ, uh, PB&J run. This is where we're going to take on a Saturday morning. I just need some teams of women to make PB&Js. I'll get teams of men that we take out the PB&Js. I wish somebody in this room showed just a hair forth excitement about your town. Lord of mercy. Can't be. So I'm tired. We all tired. So, Father, we thank you today. We don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. Hello. Is anybody excited about giving? We give because we get to. We want to. To make a difference. Father, we're so thankful this morning for the place that you planted us for the region that you've given us. Lord, we want to steward what you do well. We want to steward what you say well. We want to bring impact. We want to bring reformation.
We're not after some weekly revival that would come and go and give the church some euphoric touch. We want, we want reformation. We want to see a dent knocked in some things in this community. Lord, we pray over our young people this morning, Father, and we pray that we would see such an awakening come to our young people. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray over our schools this morning. Father, that you would give the leadership of the school wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the ways that we should move our school systems in the way that they should go. Father, I pray that you would strengthen every teacher in this community. God knows that they need it. The teachers need our prayer. I live with one. I'm telling you. I can't tell you how many times a year she comes and wanting to throw in the towel. How many knows that they need our prayers? Go ask Mr. Rusty the stress he's up under. You with me? But I believe that God's got a group of people that's going to make a difference in this room. Do you? That's not me. That's all of us in this room together, you and I together, seeing our town, seeing the places that God planted us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow into an unshakable kingdom this morning. We thank you for the blessing of God upon our lives and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, bring your offering this morning. Hug somebody, love on them, and tell them it was good to see them this morning. And we'll see you guys Wednesday night. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.